Today's Happy Healthy You podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash happy healthy you. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Hi everybody, welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman. And at Happy Healthy You, we love to talk about people doing really amazing things in the world. And we seem to be on something of a roll these last few weeks with the podcast in introducing young women still in their 20s who are really on a mission to make a difference and change the world. Sarah Potler Lahane is one of these impressive and energetic young women. I've known Sarah for a while. She's the founder and CEO of Move This World, a conflict transformation program that has worked with 15 thousand plus individuals to cultivate emotional intelligence through creative expression. Sarah is a Fulbright scholar, a global shaper, Ashoka Activating Empathy Awardee, American Express Ashoka Emerging Innovator. These these accolades just go on and on. She's a youth leader by the Inter-American Development Bank, two-time Beyond Sport Award finalist, one of three artists transforming the world by the Arts and Healing Network. Oh my goodness. There's so many. She's been featured in Forbes, Washington Post, The Guardian, Carnegie Council's Policy Innovations, Americans for the Arts, El Tiempo, and El, oh my gosh, El Expectador. Is that, did I say that right, Sarah? Yes. <laughs> Hi, Sarah Potler. So nice to hear from you. Well, now you're married. So Sarah Potler Lahane, how are you doing? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Well, how do you have time? Oh, my goodness. I've known you since you were a dancer, a young dancer in our local high school, and you were so awesome. And it was so fun to hear about everything you were doing through the years. You went on to become a Fulbright scholar, and now you're just changing the world, girl. Thank you so much <laughs> for all your great work. Thank you. It's a it's an honor. Tell us how dance can stop school violence. How did you incorporate that into Move This World to conquer that issue? Well, my light bulb moment really occurred when I was in Bogota, Colombia, in the outskirts of the city as part of my Fulbright scholarship, working with this world-renowned Fulbright supervisor, a Colombian man who was an expert in anti-bullying and nonviolence and empathy education. And I saw the way his research team was going about this work. And these students were sitting behind desks and they were reading about emotional identification and they were reading about anger management and they were looking at diagrams about conflict mitigation and inclusion and diversity appreciation and their eyes were totally glazed over, their bodies were limp, they were looking around the room, staring at their watches. It was very clear that they had no interest in being there and the concepts were glossing over their head. And at the same time, they were all rocking out, dancing to reggaeton music in the schoolyard. And it was this inclusive, participatory, fun, engaging dynamic. And that's when I went to the physical education teacher in Colombia and said, hey, is there any way that we can use this vehicle of dance and movement and expression, one that's so personal to me, to inspire the same academically based 
social, emotional, and civic skills that we're developing in this Fulbright framework. And that's when I authored the first iteration of the Move This World curriculum as part of my Fulbright scholarship in 2007. And since then have really expanded the curriculum, building on principles of the neuroscience of emotion and kinesthetic empathy. And this concept that if you are in touch with your body, if you can really feel when you're angry and when you're stressed and when you're happy that you have a physical representation of those emotions and you're able to be plugged into that. And I'm plugged into your Connie physical representations and expression of those feelings. Then you and I are able to establish a more profound empathetic connection than if we did or attempted to with words. What is the neuroscience of emotion and what is kinesthetic <laughs> empathy? Can you describe that for us? Or? Sure. So we talk a lot about activating mirror neurons. So if you are having a really frustrating morning, you know, you and I are talking today. I don't know how your morning's been. I don't know what you've got going on the rest of this afternoon. But if I were able to see you and mimic with my face and mimic with my body what you're doing with your face and your body, if I were able to show you and mimic what you're doing and the way you're sitting and the expression that you have on your face, then mirror neurons are activated and we are connected in a way that is far more authentic than if I just said, you know what, Connie, I'm sorry you had a really stressful morning or I know you've got to wrap in 15 minutes because you've got to go pick up your son. But if I showed that with my facial expression, then we are, then those mirror neurons are activated. Hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And nowadays we're, we are so technology um, obsessed that we're not communicating in a, in a way that's mirroring each other because we're not in, in the same room quite often. Exactly. And then the other piece of this too is that because what we do is creative in nature that, and is culturally relevant, that movement is really an embodiment of cultural knowledge and that that movement conveys ideas about, you know, nature and society and meaning that is emotionally charged. So how does that translate in schools to reduce violence? So what we're doing is we're equipping educators and school leaders with a creative-based toolkit to address their own emotional well-being and the emotional well-being of their students in order to foster safe and supported learning environments. So really equipping educators through through a three-part process that first focuses on self. So as a school leader, as an educator, before I can even think about cultivating emotional intelligence and emotional skills in my students, how do I as an adult identify when I'm stressed, when I'm angry, when I'm excited? How do I manage my emotions? How do I communicate them in a healthy way to others? And then through that process of self, how do we establish and define community values? So if we're working in an entire school with all of the school staff, or if we're working with a network of educators, how do we model leadership and pro-social behavior for our students maintain that sense of tribe that I can lean on a fellow educator. I can, I can be supported by that person. That person will support me. And that when I'm by myself alone in the four walls of my classroom, I am a part of something much larger than myself. And then in terms of sustainability, how do I as an educator apply developmentally appropriate social and emotional skills in my students? And that's where we really equip those teachers 
with a pre-K through 12 dual semester curriculum that aligns with the common core. So it's not an add-on, it's not an extra, like, okay, it's 4 p.m., now we have to talk about diversity appreciation, or it's 10 a.m., now we talk about anger management, but really support educators in integrating empathy education and emotional well-being and creative expression cross-curricularly in their subject areas. So you're really getting to the teachers and the, the administrators that are really affecting change in these kids. Where does the dancing come in, <laughs> Sarah? Yeah, so it's really more uh, about the embodiment of these emotions. And the, the curriculum is drawn from a variety of different disciplines. So applied theater, improv, um, there's elements of theater of the oppressed. So it's not like we're going into a community and saying five, six, seven, eight, and doing <laughs> right. like fuetes and leaps. And as a dancer, I remember the first time I saw how this was um, playing out in the Philippines, part of me was a little bit surprised because my background is in dance and is in technique, but none of what we're assessing or evaluating is physical fitness or dance technique. We're assessing an individual's emotional well-being and the community conflict and, and cohesion. And so we're using the act of creative expression to unlock authentic communication, dialogue, and the fundamental building blocks for for creating a more nurturing, supportive learning environment. So an example of what might happen in the beginning session, and this start every session starts with this, is an opening whip around. So we might all be in a circle, and we say at Move This World that everyone comes in with their emotional backpacks. Like, as I said earlier, Connie, I don't know what you've got going on later this morning. I don't know how your morning's been. You don't know how mine's been. So we're going to unpack that emotional backpack so that we can be present and we can embody mindfulness and we can be more productive and then move on with this session. So we're going to go around the circle and we're going to say our name and a movement that reflects the number of syllables in our name and how we're feeling with a movement that's connected to that and one intention that we have for this session. And this session is likely three hours. And so I might say, my name is Sarah with a little, you know, hip switch. And I'm feeling frazzled and have my arms waving over my head. And I, for the next, for this session, I'm, uh, hope to be focused and do a movement. And then the rest of the group would mimic that back to me with that movement and say, Sarah, with their little hip switch, frazzled with their arms over their head, and then focused with my laser point movement. And so they're validating that I'm feeling frazzled. They're saying, we hear you, Sarah. We know that you've got a lot going on. We are holding you accountable to being focused. So it's this, and then we'll go around the circle and everyone will repeat. So it's an opportunity for every person to have a voice, to be heard, to acknowledge that feeling, and then to move on and be present. Sounds like a really body-mind-spirit exercise. I mean, it really engages the mind, the body, and it sort of loosens you up a little bit. And that's, that's really cool. Yes, it's absolutely a connection between mind and body and feeling and and the way that they really are all interconnected. Let me ask you this, Sarah. How did you know that this would work? I mean, there must have been something that intuitively you said to yourself, I just know that this is going to work. Well, it's <laughs> funny because I think that I most people who do this work um, – 
you know, when I was doing my Fulbright, I thought I was going to get a PhD and I thought I was going to get a PhD in international um, education. And this would be part of a dissertation. And I, then I woke up one morning and um, this was a multinational organization <laughs> working with 15,000 plus participants. And now we have PhDs who we collaborate with, sure. but um, I myself don't have time to get one. <laughs> I think that growing up in a home where creative expression was normalized. I mean, my mom was a dancer. We grew up when I was two years old. She put me in a dance studio. She would go into one studio and I would go in the other. My dad played the guitar and the piano. So creative expression was just a part of how we interacted as a family, how we expressed our love for one another. And I saw and felt the way that expressing yourself was able to really unlock and uninhibit uh, vulnerability, authenticity, communication skills that are the core for some of the world's toughest social problems and without which we wouldn't be able to address some of these social issues. And that is true. I can attest to that, that you were brought up in a an atmosphere yeah. of creative expression and it was really modeled for you and what a what a blessing and if if only every child could grow up with that this world would be such a better place absolutely who are you trying to get to with this program? Who are the communities and who are the underserved that you're trying to reach? So I, I, I guess in terms of dialing it back, our broader vision at Move This World is that one day all learning environments, so schools, homes, workplaces, will be nurturing supportive environments where creative expression is a part of everyday interaction and emotional well-being is validated. So in order to do that, you know, we really have a, a multi-year strategy that starts by working with educators and school systems who know that they need the support, who know that there might be chronic absenteeism or chronic suspensions and uh, teacher attrition, difficulties with, you know, retaining talented, passionate educators. So know that they need this support and are looking for a critical skill set to address these issues. And then as we continue to build momentum with those educators and with those school systems, empowering our high school students that we call junior peace mover ambassadors and our high school students, those junior peace mover ambassadors, they lead that, that groundswell from the students by championing uh, creative expression as a strategy, as not a nice to have, but as a part of everyday interaction, um, of championing emotional well-being as a necessary part of all teaching and learning environments. And so leading their own uh, what we call global action projects. They're really applying lessons learned in the classroom to community life and spilling out beyond the hallways of the school. So through empowering our participants in this work, we can really lead what we call our, our ground strategy, our program strategy, but also our air campaign and our movement building strategy so that this isn't just dependent on where Move This World has staff and operations, but we can really imagine an educational system that's transformed where creative expression and emotional well-being are part of all teaching and learning. It sounds like a, a huge undertaking. Do you have any specific stories of changes that have happened in a particular school system or even in, in a specific situation with a student that you can really measure the change? Sure. So, I mean, we in terms of measuring change, we 
we track individuals, um, their own emotional development, but we also track community level indicators. So we're seeing suspensions decrease. We're seeing attendance improve for specific students who have been targeted by the district who are chronically absent. We're seeing um, morale improve in a building. So teachers actually wanting to to come to school feeling safe and supportive, parents being comfortable sending their students to school. And we're seeing incidents of conflict decrease dramatically in the hallway. In terms of the kinds of stories and personal triumphs um, of our students and teachers, in one of our high schools in Queens, Renaissance Charter School, we had these high school students going through our Junior Peace Mover program, where again, after going through a semester of the curriculum, they facilitated lessons learned back into the community and modeled empathetic leadership and were mentored by a, a senior facilitator. They also had the opportunity to explore lessons learned in the classroom and, and translate them to social issues in their community. So they led a campaign called hashtag the insecurity project. And it was an opportunity for students to stand up and say, you know what, we actually don't tolerate bullying in this school. We know that one person's struggle is another person's strength, that we each bring unique gifts to our school community. So this student raised her hand and she said, I had no idea that the rest of the students in the school didn't think bullying was okay. I thought I was the only one who thought bullying was not acceptable. And so these students led a campaign where they held up pictures. They held up signs and took pictures of themselves that said, I'm insecure about my legs. I'm proud of my family heritage. I'm insecure about my accent. I'm proud of my sense of humor. And they posted these pictures all over the wall to serve as a physical representation of the unique gifts of each person in the community and to remember that this is a physical safe space where we can go and appreciate the diverse gifts of each student. What a great idea. Did they come up with the idea for the hashtag insecurity project themselves? Yes. So what the curriculum does is, you know, no two classrooms in Queens look the same. There's a very structured, sequential, scaffolded approach in the way the curriculum is designed, but the participants really own the process and shape how it unfolds. So these students are going to explore the social issue that's meaningful for them in a way that makes sense. So whether that's a, a photography exhibit, um, whether that's a social marketing campaign, whether that's a spoken word or an improv exercise, they then have the opportunity to explore that creative modality and model it for younger students. Amazing. And you are global now. How did that happen? <laughs> So started the program as part of my Fulbright scholarship in Bogota, Colombia, and Colombia has always had a very special place in my heart, a community that suffered historically from conflict, but a people that just have so much love for life and each other that wanted to continue to make sure that Colombia fueled our development and iterative process. And so in Colombia, we have partnerships with the U.S. Embassy in Bogota working in uh, red zones to support young people in, facil in facilitating this work through a train-the-trainer model. In the Philippines, we also have partnership with the U.S. Embassy in Manila, and we also work through the university network. So in the Philippines, values education and civic education is mandated by the national government. 
And we have moved this world has replaced those values education textbooks. So now when schools and students have to buy new textbooks every year, they're using an interactive move this world approach to ignite authentic dialogue and connections and prompts and reflections and questioning with one another. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, this is just such great work. Let's talk about what inspires you, Sarah. There's a a lot that inspires me. I mean, I think um, I mentioned the fact that I grew up in a home where not just creative expression was a part of our everyday interaction with one another, but also emotional well-being. I mean, my grandfather, I called him my G-daddy. I remember doing The King and I in ballet and he, in an effort to to put himself in my shoes and my sister's shoes and in an effort to really understand our lives and what what moved us and what inspired us and what impassioned us. He was the king and the king and I went as far as like, you know, wearing the unitard and the tights and the makeup every night. And so that um, desire to constantly connect authentically with people to make them feel heard and validated. I learned that from him, my grandfather and my family that without, you know, connecting to people on a fundamental level and and understanding what moves them, what inspires them, what keeps them up at night, we're never going to be able to collaborate in solving some of the world's toughest social issues. That's wonderful. Yeah, if only everyone could be raised in families like that, where there is that kind of empathy and support. How can how can someone who's listening today to you take the first step to me? Do you have any advice for people that really have the desire to make a change in the world, but just don't know where to start? Well, I think the change always starts with you. So we all want to do big things in the world, but we also have to lead by example and model that behavior. So for example, at Move This World in our office, I unfortunately haven't been in the office in weeks, but every day at 1230, if you are there, you stop what you're doing and we do something called Move This Day. And for 15 minutes, we facilitate something from our curriculum. And it's an opportunity for us to connect with ourselves, connect with one another, refocus and hit reset so that we can be productive for the rest of the afternoon. So I would just say really try to to lead by example, practice um, and embody what you want to see in the world. And if you are interested in learning more, we're always looking for more school and community organization partners who we can engage with in these trainings. We're launching an online hub next month where individuals will be able to explore some of these techniques. And we also have a workplace wellness program where companies, who have who have acknowledged the need to address their own employees' work-life balance, individual health, group dynamics, and empathetic leadership skills have partnered with us in a workplace wellness curriculum. So there's lots of opportunities to engage. And you have some events coming up. You want to talk briefly about those events and then how someone can get in touch with you or learn more about you or where they can find more information about Move This World. Great. So this coming weekend, August 22nd through 24th, is Move This World's fifth annual global summit in transforming education through creative practices. We're convening educators, academics, thought leaders, practitioners, youth workers, social workers, guidance counselors, sport for development professionals, creative arts therapists to share ideas and best practices, lead working groups on ways that they're using creativity to transform education and learning environments. So it's 
going to be a really exciting, inspiring weekend. Um, and if you can't come to that, then stay tuned for the launch of our online hub next month. So continue to follow us on our social media channels and on our website. You can find a way to sign up for our newsletters. And your website is? MoveThisWorld.org. What is your vision for the future, Sarah? What do you, where do you see this going? Our vision for the future is an educated, an educational system and a world where creative expression and emotional well-being are celebrated, are validated, and are a part of all interactions at home, in the workplace, and in school. It's amazing what you're doing. And to think it all started with you and a little tutu, <laughs> probably not a tutu in the beginning, but it's just really amazing. And, and the way that you've combined your passion and really followed your bliss into this amazing career that's helping so many people across the globe. It's just so inspiring. So thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And thanks for everything you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for including Move This World in this opportunity. Awesome. We'll be following you. So much for listening to Happy Healthy You. And just for you guys, the Happy Healthy You listener, Audible, the awesome audiobook people, are offering a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check them out. I always have about three audiobooks going at once. I listen when I'm driving. They're great on long trips, when I'm running, or just hanging out at home. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash happyhealthyyou. Hey, you'll also be helping support this podcast. So thanks. Thanks.